Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And if you haven't heard, uh, the uh, Debbie Guide released this week. What? What's that, Colin? Tell me more. Well, you know what? I'm really glad you asked because uh, the a bunch of us here at Campus to Canton, uh, the Debbie team and Corey and Mike, and then you and me and Matt and Felix uh, put together the Debbie guide uh, with a lot of design help from Hannah, uh, editing help from Dwight. Uh, it's got 261 player profiles, full profiles. We dive just as deep into the TE14 as we do into Bijan. Um, it's got advanced stats. It's got year one zeros. It's got tiers. It's got rankings. It's got my guys. It's got it all. You ever see that clip from Saturday Night Live with uh, Bill Hader? That clip? There's Stephane. many clips, and it's Stefan. Stefan, yes. <laughs> it's got every New York's biggest club is whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This Debbie guide has everything. Um, I'm a big Bill Hader fan. Me too. Me too. Uh, do you watch Barry? I just started it uh, a couple days ago. I'm, I'm, I got four episodes in. And then I started watching um, Ted Lasso because mm. we got Apple TV. Um, I got the free trial of it because we wanted to watch something else. So I was like, let me just binge the crap out of Ted Lasso while we have that. Did you watch the trial. morning show? No. Jennifer Aniston oh. and Reese Witherspoon? Yeah. Be- best Apple TV show. <sighs> I, don't, I don't get the Ted Lasso thing. I didn't enjoy it at all from like the three episodes I watched. Um, but loved the morning show. You have to watch. You got Steve Carell in it. He's the bad. He's a bad person in it. It's awesome. Ah, man, you're gonna make me keep my seven week. Uh, you're gonna make me keep Apple TV for for a month. Just watch more TV, man. The Debbie Guide's done now. What else are you gonna do with your? It's a good point. It's a good point. It is done. Else. Don't pretend like you do. It is done. Um, it surprises me that you didn't like Ted Lasso. Although, it's not your traditional like comedy i think it's Def- boring yeah yeah it's not like your traditional comedy i was thinking it was going to be non-stop laughs but there's a uh, there's some serious moments tugs on the heartstrings at times so i was a big fan of that but i guess apparently now i have to keep my apple tv subscription so i can watch the morning show it's really really good steve this is not spoiling anything this is like the first this is the premise of the show steve carell is a sexual abuser yes oh. Yes, like a, like in the in the workplace. Oh, yeah, and not the innocent Michael Scott type. No, no, where he makes no. an offhanded comment. Ooh, he, interesting. He, he, interesting. Is, he is not a good person. Interesting. Reese Witherspoon's my girl too. I do love Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I a little agree. bit of legally blonde. Yeah. By the way, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to ask you this real quick. You said that we uh, we went just as in depth on tight end twelve as we did on fourteen. On, uh, fourteen. Do you know who tight end 14 is? Yeah, Josh Simon. Okay. Yeah, you wrote the profile. I did, yes. The only reason I know that is because um, Chris Moxley tweeted that out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so there's a sneak peek for anybody at home who was on the fence. You now know that Joshua Simon is our tight end 14. And That's all the, we're going to tell you, though. For the record, I think he should be higher than that. I think he has who, an NFL future. Who? Which of the guys would you put him in front of? I don't know. I don't have it pulled up in front of me here, but I think I had him in my tier three. 
I mean, I think... I, the only guys I think you can make a reasonable argument for are Gavin Bartholomew and Sam Laporta. <laughs> Personally. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have it pulled up in front of me here, but you should pull it up. You should buy it and let us know what you think and let us know who you think Josh Simon should be ahead of. Tell us how dumb we are, how wrong we are. Let us save those receipts. And then when we end up being right in two years, I will be petty. I will be. Austin is very petty. Um, Just ask Giants fans. Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And a certain certain Malik Willis truther who will remain nameless. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Debbie guy though is on sale. You can purchase it on the site. It's 20 bucks. Uh, Or if you like the freshman guide, if you had that, if you like the Debbie guide and you want to get that, you could just be an, a yearly NIL member for $79.99. You get all three guides that we're coming out with, $60 value. You're getting everything else that we offer, top tier stuff for $19.99 a year. That's hard it's to true. beat. It's true. Hard to beat. Go do it. And you can bug Austin all you want because he has promised he will be nice to NIL NIL yearly members in Correct. our private Discord. Correct. So I think I've generally held up that end of the, the bargain in there so far. I think so too. So. Yes. So go check that out. Um, Freshman guide is still on sale as well. You know, we have some supplemental drafts kicking up. Uh, pro, the program draft just kicked up. So, you know, there's definitely some leagues that are still starting um, supplemental drafts. If you haven't gotten that yet, go get your copy of that as well. Uh, I just want to toss out there that I am straight finessing these fools in this program sub draft. I don't know yeah. if anyone on my side listens to this or not. But Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if, if Kevin, uh, listens but he was talking a lot of shit on you kevin he really was <laughs> i wasn't i swear <laughs> um but yeah both guides available go check those out uh but we'll just get right into it here because we already talked about tv shows unprompted at the very beginning here but before we get into it this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great pods you can follow them all on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out Friday Drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, another sparse news week here this week. But headline, everybody all offseason has been searching for who's going to be the next Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, a lot of speculation about some draft prospects this year, uh, you know, some potential breakout guys who could be the next Debo Samuel. Well, we have that settled. Jaguars running back Travis Etienne says he wants to be position flexible and be the next Debo Samuel. Reportedly, he's been catching a lot of passes. They've been splitting him out wide. Um, are we buying uh, Travis Etienne as the next Debo Samuel here? I, I will just be honest. I, I just don't consider him to be that level of a pass catcher. Maybe I'm just crazy. I, I've never really considered him on that level. You know, he's like if you're talking about I, I know that he he maintained a pretty strong market sh- receiving market share in college. But if you're talking about like elite or even, you know, close to that kind of guys coming out of college, you're talking the the DeAndre Swifts of the world. You're talking um, uh, like Jameer Gibbs who's in college now, like you're talking those, those kind of guys. Um, and, and then I would even probably put. Bijan Robinson in there because he's been used a heck of a lot more creatively in the passing game than Travis Etienne has. Um, so no, I don't think so, but I'm sure he would like that. Cause like from Debo's perspective, he doesn't want to play that role all the time because he's getting beat up more than a wide receiver does. 
But DTN, it probably sounds great. He's like, I probably get beat up a little less than I would just playing running back. So that probably sounds like a really good um, uh, you know, compromise on his side. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't sound so good when you're on the other side of the of the situation. Yeah, Travis Etienne is playing it well. He's finessing it. Um, that's exactly what you want to do. Sell your position versatility as a running back. You maybe get yourself a longer contract because outside of Derrick Henry, the guys who typically get another contract are the do-it-all type of guys like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, and so, then he'll, uh, he'll get classified as the running back when the time for the, the, uh, the tag comes, and we'll have a lot of fun with that. Can't wait. Yeah. But no, I'm not really buying that either. I don't think he's that level of a pass catcher. He definitely improved um, in his final year at Clemson. You know, I think he became a better pass catcher at that point. You know, he's not uh, a souped up Ronald Jones anymore. You know, he can actually catch some passes here. So, yeah, I mean, I think he'll uh, he'll have a nice year this year. But no, he's not the next Debo Samuel. Sorry, no, Travis. No, not at all. Uh, other news story that we have here. Uh, Kyler Murray's had a pretty tumultuous offseason, you know, removing some stuff off of Instagram, saying he'll, uh, you know, hold out amid a contract dispute here. He wants to be paid. He did attend OTAs uh, despite the contract dispute going on. Is this a sign of optimism from him that they'll that they'll get something long term done here? The fact that he's showing up or do you not think that matters? Maybe. I mean, I guess at least uh, now he can say that he did nothing wrong, that he that he's put in the effort. Uh, I actually hadn't seen this piece of news, um, so I can't really comment on it. Sorry, Colin. I'm going to kick it back over to you. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen it before I started you know, researching for the show here, but I, th- I do think that bodes well for his, uh, you know, it's an optimi- a little bit of optimism here for his new contract. I kind of always figured that they were going to get something done. Kyler Murray's not really the type of player that you let walk. Um, I think that they would be more willing to let uh, Kingsbury walk than Kyler. It's easier to find a uh, a replacement head coach like that than it is a replacement quarterback at that level. Um, and Kyler Murray's great for fantasy too. So him being paired with Kingsbury still is a good thing. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a good sign. It, not that I was really dropping him too much. Anyway, I figured they would kind of always get it done, but nice little, uh, nice little step forward there. He's the kind of guy you can't drop him. Like I thought it was at least reasonable to drop Deshaun Watson last year because um, legal issues are a little more like I still like he's not he does not have any leverage. He's not going to go to the to MLB. He does he does not have that kind of. It's been years. Um, so I mean, what was he gonna do? So I I think it was to drop Watson. And I'm glad we're not talking about that tonight. Um, But more more lawsuits filed against Deshaun Watson. I still, man, if you have him, I'm still selling him. I don't think I have him anywhere anymore. I think I only have him in one other place. But yeah, we won't dive too much more into that because it's... Not necessarily anything new. They're just more civil suits. If a criminal thing pops back up, then I think that is definitely noteworthy. Not that they added civil suits aren't, but I think that leads more to maybe tacking on an extra game or two onto that suspension. And that's not looking like, you know, potential jail time, which I think matters. But anyway, moving into the bulk of the show here, 
uh, it's, you know, the second wind here of startups, you know, you get that first, that first rush after the season is, you know, in February, March ish, where people are going startup crazy. And now start of the summer here, you're kind of getting that second wave of startups. So we're going to talk a little bit of just general startup strategy here. Um, you know, are we looking to move up, looking to move back, any specific spots that we want, you know, just some general strategy. And then we'll dive into, you know, some players that we're looking at um, and some good values. I have no strategy, Colin. I'm a chicken with my head cut off on the NFL side of things. Um, Not really. I think people want to make drafting an NFL startup so much more complicated than it has to be. I literally, in a lot of these leagues, just take BPA. I pay attention to my league settings, and that's pretty much it. Like, I don't, I, I don't think that there's there's anything too crazy. I will say it does really benefit you to have a top three pick, in my opinion. I think the top three quarterbacks at this point are pretty well established. Um, Herbert Allen and Mahomes. And I think if you end up getting one of those, you're pretty happy because you can still snag an AJ Brown, a CD lamb. Sometimes, you know, at the Andre Swift or something on the other side of that. And that is a pretty damn good start. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I do think people tend to make it more complicated than it necessarily needs to be. I don't ever lock myself into one strategy. I will go BPA for the first, you know, seven, eight rounds ish, and then reassess my team at that spot. And then look like, okay, am I more, is my team younger or is my team a little older? And is it more win now, or do I want to kind of maybe move towards productive struggle a little bit more at that point, you know, but I kind of let the drafts fall to me for the early part of it. By the mid part, then I kind of have my strategy set up. But it so much of the strategy just depends on your league mates and who they take. And that's why I'm just I'm, I'm a big proponent of BPA at the very beginning of the draft, too. I will say, I think um, generally I prefer leagues. I, I prefer the college side to draft first. I think especially if you're in a league with a bunch of other people, a C2C league where um, no one's really played in the league before. People make the mistake uh, of drafting the NFL side first and then being like, I'm just going to plug all my holes in the college draft. They pigeonhole themselves into a very specific uh, order of draft through their first, you know, three, four picks. Um, and I I think that's just a really bad idea. So that's why I always recommend to people you do the college side first. You, you'll you'll go BPA. You'll feel better about your team at the end of the day. So that that's like one like I don't try necessarily to cover my holes from one on, on a startup from one side to the other. It just, I think you just draft good players and you'll, you'll make it work later. Yeah, I completely agree. I do prefer to draft the college side first for that reason as well. But I think, you know, you and I have done enough of these two where if we go NFL first, like I'm not really that worried about it um, because I kind of have a general strategy in place for, for everything. And, You know, for a C2C perspective on the NFL side of it, when I'm drafting that side, I'm not worried about, you know, players aging out, really, because if you draft the college side right and you play the college side right and you play the NFL side in two to three year windows, if 
I have Aaron Rodgers as my starting quarterback. And if, you know, he has two years left, you know, I'll just try to make sure I have somebody coming up to replace him when then that, uh, when, when that inevitably does happen. I'm not going to force it, but, you know, maybe, maybe I bump Jackson Dart up a couple spots in my ranks. You know, maybe I, I take him over a guy like a, a Jaden Blue, or maybe I take him over a guy like a Parker Washington. You know, in that range, positionally, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, if the NFL side goes first, you know, I'll, I'll kind of aim it at something like that. But I'm not really that worried about players aging out, you know, because I can control the feeder system. Where in a regular dynasty roster, you, you can't control that as much because you only have limited rookie picks each year. So that's one big thing that I, I like to do on the, in the NFL side of, of a C2C startup is I'm not worried about age. I'm not either. Um, well, I am a little bit, although I will say like I'm in this one right now. I took Tom Brady in like the sixth round as my QB two. Um, if you like, I always try to take a quarterback in the first two rounds. Yeah. Um, just because the, the pickings get real slim there if you don't do that. Um, but I find Brady to just fall this year. Like, are we sure that he's going to retire after this year or the year after? Like, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I think you probably get at least two years out of him, two very good years. And in the mean, in the, in the middle of those, those two picks, you can probably really kind of maximize some other positions. Um, so he's a, he's the guy that I think like this off season and last off season, I've been targeting really hard. Cause I think people keep saying like, he only has one year. He only has one year. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm willing to take that chance. Yeah. And like I said, in a C2C league where I can control who's coming up on my, on the other side a little bit more, I'm definitely willing, more willing to take that chance. Yeah. The one I will say uh, just the one, I, I've heard a lot of people say they like to, um, to trade back on the NFL side and pick up early um, college production I, or college pieces. I think that's, that's a pretty solid idea, but I've also seen people just completely destroy a roster doing that. Um, if you've never done a C2C league before or you're, you're very, very new to the format, I really don't recommend that strategy. Actually, if you're really new, I don't really recommend trading between no, I was gonna the say two that. leagues for startups at all. I don't do it at all on startups, really. Like, it's very, very rare. I don't think you need to. No. Um, if, like, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But even if you do know, like, it's, it's just it's, it's not necessary. I think you can still build really good. I, I had two startups last year that I did. Where I was a top seed on both sides, and I don't believe I made a single like value, the high value, high, high worth trade, in, in in either side of the startup at all. I think I made one in the NFL side in like the tenth round. I traded up like half half a round to get Michael Gallup, and then in another one I, I made a couple like you know fifteenth, twentieth round trades in the college side just to you know make sure I I, I got a guy. Um, so like I, I don't, it's definitely not necessary at all, and actually I think it would it hampers you uh, from ultimately kind of building up those squads. Yeah, I agree. I don't, especially if you're new to C2C, I don't recommend trading across um, leagues in the startup at all either. But even if you are like my personal strategy, when I'm going into it, I don't really trade early picks very much. I'll sit tight. I'll take my guys because I mean, unless like the right deal comes along, you know, sometimes you have people who are like, man, I really want to sell 
all of my NFL picks and I really want to focus on the college side and you can get some really good value for your NFL picks or, you know, vice versa. I don't care at all about the college side. All I want are NFL picks. Take all of my early college picks. You know, if you can get something like that, sure. But typically I'm not going to trade my early picks. I'll wait until, you know, the mid rounds after my strategy kind of settles in, you know, rounds eight, nine, 10, I'll take a look and I'll see, okay, what's my team looking like? Uh, you know, am I more, am I competing more on the NFL side? Am I competing more on the college side? And then I'll make some like mid round picks, you know, some swaps where I'll move up, you know, I'll trade my back half of the 10th round pick to move up earlier in the 10th round. And I'll add in a couple college sides. So that way I can snag another, you know, like a Michael Gallup, like you said, or if it's vice versa, if it's on the college side, you know, I'll be like, man, I, you know, could really use a couple higher end college producers. We're in round 15. There's, uh, and he's gone way before this, but this is just the first name that popped off the top of my head. There's Miles Price still sitting there. You know, let me go get Miles Price and I'll trade, you know, I'll swap picks. So I don't really typically do straight up pick for pick. I'll swap and I'll do, you know, I'll move up and around and I'll move back in a round or two to offset that value. Uh, if you could um, talk or pick names that are guys that I'm not like heavily targeting in drafts this year to use in your hypotheticals, that would be good. Hmm. That would My be bad. really, really good. Sorry. Um, I'll let you throw out a name. Uh, who am I not targeting heavily? Uh, Tyler Harrell. <laughs> Tyler Harrell, there it is. Moving up, going to go get him. Um, I'm just kidding. I don't recommend that. We've talked at length about Tyler Harrell. Um, but back to the to the NFL side there, you know, and you said you like to get a quarterback in the first two rounds. And I definitely agree with you. I like to get a top-tier quarterback. Now, getting a top-five quarterback often requires a top-eight pick in – the first round because these quarterbacks are flying off the board, you know, startup that I'm in right now, quarterbacks went one, two, three, four, five. Um, so, you know, it's not always possible to get a top five quarterback, but I definitely want to get a top 10 quarterback. So, uh, and you're, you're kind of along the same way. You'll target quarterback early. Yeah. I think you have to, I think you really screw yourself if you don't. Um, Cause the college quarterbacks are just so uncertain. Like, you can feel good. I have a roster with CJ Stroud and Caleb Williams, and I'm still kind of like, uh, like, I feel like the chances are that, like, one of these guys probably sucks. Like, I <laughs> don't really know which one it's going to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, I, I never really feel that good about, about those guys coming up. Quite frankly, in a lot of leagues, I'll trade pretty much every rookie I have coming up for, like, a more established players. Um, so... Yeah, um, I, no, I, I startup sh- strategy, but no, I, it's not. I, I've done that in a couple leagues to pretty decent success, actually. Yeah, I've had I've had a mixed bag on that one trading rookies, but we'll talk. We'll save that one for another day. Um, moving on to like the running back position. Are you more of an anchor RB guy? Are you like a zero RB type of a guy or just strictly BPA? Don't really care. Anchor RB all the way. Um, I'm not bold enough to do zero RB. I actually, well, I kind of just did it in a league, but we only have to start one running back. So I've, 
my priorities have been elsewhere. Um, but I generally hero RB it in the first, in the first four rounds. I usually like to walk out if I can with at least one quarterback, one running back, and then probably two wide receivers. Um, so that's, and I, and I usually try to target like a quarterback and that's going in like the third, fourth or fifth rounds. And that's just kind of my guy. Like last year it was Stafford. Stafford was going significantly later than, or later than he is this off season. He was a guy that I was heavily targeting this year. It's probably, you know, a Tom Brady, a Derek Carr, um, maybe a Tua. And honestly, I'm fine picking up Baker late. I still think Baker has an NFL career in front of him. I do. I just do. I agree. Um, so I, the Browns just let him get the crap beat out of him last year. He's got a separated shoulder and they have the balls to say that he was problem. So um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm still targeting Baker in some leagues too. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, side tangent here. Yeah. I'm hundred percent targeting Baker. I think he has an NFL an NFL future ahead of him. I don't know exactly where that team's going to be. So you know, that definitely plays a role in it, but his value has dropped a good amount at this point where I feel comfortable targeting trades. I feel comfortable targeting him in drafts. Um, he's yeah, he's a player that I would go acquire. Um, but the wide receiver position, I feel like there's so many wide receiver twos. I feel like there's like 30 wide receiver twos, which obviously not even possible, but there's a lot of players that you feel comfortable with a wide receiver too. So we won't go too deep into wide receiver strategy here just because there's so many of them. But uh, when it comes to tight ends, having an elite tight end can really set your team apart. If you're looking to make a push here, um, are you really targeting, you know, your Kelsey's pits Kittles uh, early in the draft here, or are you not as concerned about tight end last off season? I was this off season. It seems like, People have shifted a little heavier tight end, obviously, depending on league settings. I think Mark Andrews is just going absurdly high in leagues right now. I I, I would actually be willing to bet a significant amount of money that he just had his best season ever. Um, I, I think where he's going is foolish. At the same time, you can get Darren Waller at the 6'10", Dalton Schultz you know, in the eighth round. You can get... Um, goddard in that range I mean, you can you you can get some guys that i think um you know have a few years left um that are new fant in like the 10th 11th round so like i i think there's actually a lot of value at tight end even though you're not securing one of those top guys the only one that i may be willing to pay up for is kyle pitts and even then like i've seen him go in the first round i think yeah. that's um just a little too bold uh for me although i get the process behind it i'm just not personally willing to do that yeah, I agree with that. I mean, but Pitts, but if I have Kyle Pitts, like I've gotten some offers in a couple different leagues for Kyle Pitts this year. You like I don't value him as highly as some people do, but if I have him, you better pay out the ass for him. Mm -hmm. I'm not like you have to basically pay double what you should pay to get Kyle Pitts away from me. Is it? Yeah, and that's how it should be. Um, mm -hmm. So you you best come with your best offer, or don't come at all. Yeah, no, I agree. I had I had somebody trying to acquire Kyle Pitts for me in in a league and. You know, they put on paper together a value that's like, yeah, that's probably a trade that's like, yeah, fair value. But why would I give him up? You know, because in that deal, they were the tight end they were sending back to me was Dawson Knox or Dallas Goddard. And I just don't want to drop that far down in a tight end. So, yeah, it's it's difficult to trade for a Kyle Pitts. So I understand reaching on him a little bit more. But he's just in a lot of drafts, he has been going 
too high where I'm just not really willing to take a tight end there. I would much rather, you know, Kelsey's a guy where people still think, oh, you know what? He's got, he's old. He only has a couple years left here. You know, how many years does he have left? I think he's got a decent amount left, actually. You know, he is... Uh, it tied to a, a top tier quarterback for the foreseeable future. Um, he's not as old as people think. I mean, he's 32, but these tight ends that are like high level tight ends do tend to play into their mid thirties. So I do think he has probably like three years left here and his ADP right now, according to DLF 42.75. So you're looking at him in the, mid to end of the third round there. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take him at that value there. You know, I'm not going to take him too much earlier than that, but at ADP, yes, I would take Kelsey there. Yeah. Why not? I like, I like Kelsey. I think he's easier to trade for than to draft. I haven't had any experience trading for him. Um, so I can't really comment on that too much, but all right, moving out of the general strategy here. Uh, we've already talked about a couple players that you know we like, um, but who are are two players that you're really targeting here? Um, their current ADP uh, or you know just in general? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many wide receivers out there that you know, wide receiver answer is really really easy. I mean, these guys just tend to fall. Uh, Bateman's a guy that I'm targeting pretty heavily. I think he goes over a thousand yards, you know, in eighty to ninety catches this year. I think. In, in a PPR, half PPR format, um, he's going to do really, really well for you. And his ADP is what's in the 70, 75-ish, um, according to DLF. So I, I think he's a really good value. Um, and and I guess do I don't have to give into this argument with, with Alfred, do I? Like, I think Romeo Dubs is a really good value. I still don't, like, love Dubs, but I think the situation's great. There's nothing else there. I think he might trade up be better than Christian Watson. Um, and he's super cheap. So he's a guy that I really like this year too. I think his ADP is in like the 200s. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know you were very uh, very anti-dubes earlier. And I'm assuming that still stands, stands true for an overall skill set standpoint. But he's a he's a pretty limited situation. player. Yeah, but I mean, I think um like he's a guy that I think you're almost guaranteed to see how you raise this year. So that's all you're looking for in a late pick, which is fine. I mean, you're not looking for a guy that's going to be a weekly starter for you in the, in the 19th round. Then yeah, I think dubs is a great choice there. Cause I think you're almost guaranteed to, to get at least the one game out of him where he, he flashes and you can trade him along for, for something pretty decent. If you want to do that. Yeah. I mean, look yeah, at Gabe like Davis. That. Gabe Davis had like three games in his career that are worth anything. And all of a sudden, he's a top twenty-four wide receiver because he's tied yeah. to a good quarterback. Like, I mean, that—that's the kind of value spike you can see on a team like that. Yeah, I and agree. is Dubs is Dubs a significantly worse prospect than 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 he was? Then I, I don't. That Gabe Davis was. I don't. I don't know. Davis came out a little earlier, but I mean, I think Dubs was just just as productive as he was in college. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And Dubs is probably on a more, it's probably in a more advantageous situation. Gabe Davis is at best the number two option in that passing attack. 
in a passing attack that has been good. Um, it does seem like maybe they want to run the ball a little bit more. They did draft James Cook highly, so they maybe want to get that going a little bit more. Not that I think that offense is going to take a huge step back, but you know they do lose um, you know some some people uh, some pieces off of the staff. So you know when you look at Green Bay, they lost Adams. They don't really have another wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is still there. It's the same system. I'm not a believer in Christian Watson. I know you're not either. So yeah, I think Dubs is a good call. Who do you like, Colin? Man, I am so glad that you asked. Uh, one of the players I've definitely been targeting is, is Chris Godwin. And, you know, kind of the same story. I talked about him last year. Talked about him again this year. He's just kind of perennially underrated. Um, you know, there was a point in time where it would have cost you an arm and a leg to get him. And then he's battled some injuries the past couple of years. He hasn't played a full season in two years or three years. Um so, you know, yeah, he's, he's been battling some injury struggles and that's definitely been frustrating, but his ADP is at 64.25 uh, right now, according to DLF. Uh, and he's coming off of a year where he saw 127 targets in uh, 14 games. You know, he didn't finish out the year. He missed week 16, 17, 18. So that killed a lot of people down the stretch, you know, right in playoff times, right when you needed him, uh, he disappeared. And he's done that before because he did that to me once. Um, but it cost me a championship, but coming off of 127 target season, 1100 yards, only five touchdowns, which is the lowest in his career, despite other years where he has played less games. Uh, I think touchdown regression is going to be positive this year. He may not necessarily start the season, uh, you know, because he is battling that injury. He's coming back from, uh, what ACL, but so, you know, he might not start right away, but, he's he's still going too late and he's only 26 you know he's he's still got a lot of years ahead of him uh and i think he's the type of player too that is a wide receiver one with tom brady and i think he's a back-end wide receiver one high-end wide receiver two with most other quarterbacks as well so he doesn't lose a ton of value even when brady goes um but yeah godwin's a guy that I'm, I'm definitely targeting he's definitely gonna be back for the start of the year? Uh, they don't know if he's definitely going to be back at the start of the year. I've seen um, – I just saw Robert Woods is participating in a limited fashion in OTAs. I don't think Godwin is, um, but he will – that'll be about nine months removed. So that's typically about when return to sport is average. Yeah. Um, I've actually been drafting up his teammate this offseason. Which one? Oh, not I Mike Evans. Were, I was hoping you were going to guess. It's not Mike Evans. I know that. It's not you Mike, hate Evans. Mike Evans. It's not Mike Evans. Um, what Chris uh, Chris Moxley tweeted out about Scotty Miller. Are you a Scotty Miller guy? He's not there anymore. Oh, is he not? Where did Pretty he? Sure he's with the Chiefs. Oh, interesting. I, think, I didn't know that. I think I missed that. I think. It's Tyler Jared Johnson. Stearns. It's Jared, Jared Stearns. Stearns. Yes, I've been drafting a lot of Jared Stearns. I've heard good things about him in OTAs mm -hmm. and rookie camp. So mm -hmm. intriguing. Mm -hmm. I bet he's uh, bet he's probably going a lot later than 64th. A little bit. Okay. 66. Mm. Fair. Fair. I mean, you know, take the cheaper option. 
the other guy that I've been buying or, or targeting pretty heavily is J.K. Dobbins. Um, you know, he's an ADP of 45. So it's not a massive bargain, but I do think that we just saw probably the most pass heavy that the Ravens are going to be. Um, Josh Larkey put out a really good thread about this, but uh, the past two years, so not last year, but two years before that, the Ravens, um, you know, run rate was significantly uh, higher than what it was last year. Um, last year, it was kind of a whole confluence of, of factors where they lost both of their starting running backs um, early on. You know, they lost Dobbins early. They lost um, Gus Edwards before the season even began. They were trotting out um, Tyson, Tyson Williams, Tyson mm-hmm. Williams. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were trotting out that dude. They signed the ghost of Le'Veon Bell. You know, they they were just doing anything they could at running back. And they didn't – there was rumors that they were going to sign somebody this offseason, like Melvin Gordon. That did not happen. Um I think the best running back that they signed was Mike Davis. They drafted Tyler Beatty late. This is going to be the Dobbins and Gus Edwards show. Gus Edwards is fine. Gus Edwards is good enough to be annoying. But I think J.K. Dobbins is really good. I think J.K. Dobbins is going to have a really nice year this year in that Ravens offense that's going to run more than they did last year. Um, you know, I So while he is priced... He's not cheap. I think he is cheaper than he is going to be at this time next year by a good amount. I think he's going to jump up into people's top 10, top eight, top, you know, maybe even approach top five running backs for next year. So uh, Dobbins is a guy I've been targeting too. Sure. Why not? Uh, I actually think he's going to have a decent year. Um, you admitting a Ravens player is going to have a decent year. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You just crapped all over Mark Andrews, so you got to balance it out, I guess. I didn't crap all over him. I just think I'm not going to take that <laughs> dude in the second round of a startup draft. Like that's just absurd. Um, but you know, whatever. People want to waste their second round picks or third round picks. It's cool with me. I love wasting picks. Such hashtag early. positional advantage. Um. All right. So there's a couple players we're targeting, but who is the best value? that you have seen so far? Um, Evan Ingram is a big one for me. Um, Like, I'm not sure that he's amazing, but if I have the option between taking Mark Andrews in the third or Evan Ingram, whose ADP is in the 170s, uh, I'm probably going to take Ingram on a new team there, uh, Jacksonville, with, like, not a lot of really top pass catching talent around him. I mean, it's chenault who was bad last year is christian kirk the the 18 million dollar man or whatever <laughs> um and then there's just really kind of nothing i mean they can you know whatever they're going to do with etn like i think he can be the second or third option in this passing attack um and i think that he can have a pretty good year especially with again where the value that he's been drafted at like i i would rather have him over a lot of the tight ends that go before him um i'm not expecting like like, I don't think like that he's not going to be a top three tight end this year. Like, that's not what I'm drafting him for. But I'm drafting him probably outside this top 12 tight ends. And I think he's almost, as, if he's healthy this year, he's a tight end one. So, and like, you know, the tight end one, and the thing is, if you don't get the top three or four guys, you just take a guy late and he can become that. I think he's easily the guy that you just take him late and he can easily become that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, he's going very late 
like you said, uh, you know, in the 170s, he's going after guys like Hunter Henry, David Njoku. He's going right around guys like Robert Tunyon. I think he has a way better upside than that. I don't really necessarily believe in the other passing options they have in that offense, but I do think that offense is going to be better this year under Doug Peterson. It's hard to be worse, but Doug Peterson's produced several fantasy relevant options, um, you know, and especially at the tight end position. I mean, yes, he had Zach Ertz, but, you know, Zach Ertz was still a top, you know, what, three tight end when he was with Doug Peterson. So, you know, I think that that's probably out of Evan Ingram's range of outcomes but yeah top 10 tight end absolutely Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys that i like their values on at the wide receiver position you know like you were talking about a little bit earlier you can insert wide receiver here and that's a good value you know it's but you know so guys like rondale moore who's also going in the 170s um is, is a guy that i'm intrigued by given the hopkins news given kirk's departure given some of the other things in that offense which i you know chase edmonds is gone which i think Rondell Moore can take up some of that role too. Um, Calvin Ridley also going in the 170s. He's got that situation with the full suspension. Don't know exactly what's going on with him, but his talent in the 170s, that's a good value. But my favorite value, best value that I've seen is Jerry Judy. Um, right now, according to AD, uh, uh, DLF, his ADP is 88. Um, so he is going right at the tail end of the eighth round and or no sorry yeah eighth round um and i think it's just way too late i'm not really a big believer in Cortland sutton but i do think that offense is going to take a really nice step forward with russell wilson um at the helm there you know that's the best quarterback that denver has had in a long time back to peyton manning's era you know they're probably they still have two good running backs so the rushing attack is going to be solid but Russell Wilson's the type of guy that he's shown time and time again, that he's just uber efficient as a passer. And I think that that's going to be something that can really benefit Jerry Judy. Um, I think Jerry Judy is going to be a, could be a fringe wide receiver one this year, and you're getting him at the end of the eighth round. Yeah. Why not? I've been a truther for a long time. I still believe I haven't given up hope. Yeah. We believe we believe. Mm, Don't do it. No, no, bad okay. chance. They looked good okay. last night. Did you watch that game? I did not. No, no. U.S. men's national team for anybody that doesn't know, what we're talking about soccer, yeah. footy. Yes, a little footy. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Austin and I—that's that was actually our best sports, and you played at collegiate level, so I'll give you that one. But no, I did not watch that game last night. Um, I mean, it's Monaco, so I wasn't super concerned about it. It's just a friendly, but it was Morocco. Morocco, not Monaco. You're right. Morocco, one of the better teams in Africa right now. All right. Um, well, I think that's really going to do it for us here tonight before we get off on a tangent on some footy. Um, but don't forget, rate and review the show. If you drop a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, put a recipe in there. I'll make the recipe. Uh, we haven't had any. Uh, a little disappointed in that. I really thought we were going to get one or two this week. I thought I was going to get to try out a new recipe, and I don't get a chance to. So rate and review the show. Put a recipe in there. I'd love to make whatever you whatever you put in there. I'll post it on Twitter. What are some things you don't eat so that people know not to put these, like not to send you something that you just like flat out don't eat it? Because you are picky. I Oh, yeah. I am, I am picky. Um, 
th- green, oh, too much green um, is 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 out. I absolutely despise pickles, so I will not make anything with pickles. That is the one caveat. Do not eat broccoli either, but if you put something in there, I'll try it. I'll make it. I'll hate it. But hey, I'm a shill, so anything to get the ratings and reviews. Um, raw, like seafood, like raw fish, like raw stuff. Like I'm not a big fan of that. Don't love the texture. So probably won't make that, but we had a really nice shrimp Alfredo, uh, shrimp fettuccine Alfredo on Tuesday that my lovely fiance made. And that was delicious. I had some leftovers today. So I eat like some, and I made salmon. So I eat seafood. Do you eat peas, Colin? Mm -hmm. I'll just send you my paella recipe. It's got some peas Peas and carrots. No carrots, but peas. Yeah. Yes. Okay. We'll put it in a have you left a review on our podcast yet? Put it I in have. there. I have. Oh. I'm oh, I'm okay. desperate. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, the really my only thing that I will not make is pickles. Hate them. It's so weird. I love good dill pickle. I I don't really like vinegar, but you can mask the vinegar taste with some other things. Pickles. Uh-uh. I, also doesn't help that um, two of my my roommates for my 21st birthday, all they ordered me were pickle shots and not pickle backs, pickle shots, with vodka and pickle juice. It's not good. Know. Not a good time. Um, but I digress. Uh, also, check out the family of pods. Uh, this is going to drop on Friday. There won't be a future freshman podcast this week to check out, but Check out all the other shows. We got Chasing the Natty that dropped, Campus Life, Debbie Debate, The Hero RB Show with Noah Hills. Uh, And then, like I said, Future Freshman will not be out this week, but we do have the official. They have a really nice interview this week with a athlete in the 2023 class. They talked to him about what it's like being recruited as an athlete. Uh, Definitely worth checking that one out on the YouTube channel there. Um, But until next time, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.